We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have like a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. We're talking lessons learned in 2017, kicker targets for 2018, and I have a special guest on Rotoviz Radio. I'm Dave Cabin, Senior Fantasy Analyst at Rotoviz. This is Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the FFPC. And once again, I am not joined by Matthew Friedman, who could not make the show. But I said to myself, the people have demands. We can do better than Matt Friedman. And tonight, I've brought on a man with the kind of hair that Matt could only dream of. You know him as one half of the Living the Stream podcast and the man that runs Draft Day Consultants, a service that you need to check out. And that man, of course, is Denny Carter. What's going on, Denny? Dave, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I, I'm look, I, I'm not going to compare my hair uh, to, to Matt's hair. That's not what I'm here for, but I appreciate you having me on. Oh, well, yeah, I'm glad to have you in. You know, I was going to say a man who's better looking, but I think, <laughs> I think, you know, it's like the Jamal Charles, Calvin Johnson corollary or something like that here, you know, really depends on what you're looking for. Matt, he has the rugged masculinity. I think mm-hmm. you have more of the boyish charm. I, I'll go with that. Okay. So I'm really pumped that we got Denny on tonight. Now, 
we all know that Denny is an interesting guy. A lot of, you know, very nuanced takes, <laughs> if you will. And I could pick this man's brain for hours on the mundane, pointless banality of our existence as human beings. But instead, we're going to talk about something that Denny is passionate about, and that is kickers. So, Denny, in the past, I've I got to be honest, I've written off kickers. I haven't paid mm-hmm. a whole lot of attention to them. Let the listeners and I know why that's a mistake. Yeah, I have to say, firstly, that you are a big person and a, and a good guy for letting me talk about kickers on this fine podcast. <laughs> um, I, I don't get to do it very often. But um, <clears throat> so uh, the kicker position uh, is uh, one of the most predictable positions in fantasy, okay? Far more predictable than team defense, say, or tight end, okay? The, and these are nightmare positions to. Um, to predict, on, especially on a week-to-week basis. Now, uh, people write off kickers as if there's no way that we could ever know, you know, who's in line for a good performance or who might get uh, uh, ample opportunity to to score fantasy points for our team. And this is just not the case. And I, I've done some work in this area. Uh, Chris Raybon at Four for Four has done really good work showing that the kicker position. Uh, is exploitable if you look into it and take time. Um, and it's incredibly replaceable, which I think is something you know, pe- people think that because I like kickers that I'm like going to advocate for the top kickers. That's not the case at all. Uh, it's the most replaceable position, uh, even more replaceable than quarterback. So I think a guy with a brain like yours can, <laughs> can dominate dominate kickers if he if he put his mind to it okay all right well i, I appreciate that so it sounds kind of like what you're saying is though it seems like a position where there may not be um a lot of difference between players if you really search and you do your homework you can find an advantage that way that's right that's right i did a, a post recently and and it's on lineups.com um yep. that that showed um you know what sort of teams to target as far as, you know, uh, a kicker production kicker opportunity. Uh, and, and you'll see that, uh, home teams, um, that have high implied totals is where it's at. I mean, it's, if you want to break it down as simply as that, you can, you can do that. And so that, so that's, you, we can find that on the waiver wire in most leagues. Well, that's very exciting. We're going to talk about this at length in a minute, but first I just want to tell our listeners that they can get a listeners only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of our premium NFL content. And you can also support the pod by subscribing to and rating the Rotoviz radio channel on iTunes. Do that and you'll be eligible to win a free $35 entry to a league at the FFPC. Go to iTunes, leave a review with your name in it, and then listen to future episodes to hear if you're the winner also if you're interested in being in an ffpc league with some of the rotoviz writers and podcasters email us at rotovizradio at gmail.com and we'll get that set up so as some of the listeners know i've been putting together a draft tool over the last couple of months it's built around tiers Naturally, we can't ignore kickers. We need to have kicker tiers in the tool. So you mentioned the waiver wire looking at implied totals in the season. Before the season starts, Denny, what are some things that maybe I could be looking at and listeners should be looking at when they're searching for kickers in their drafts? Yeah, it's it's a bit bit of a tough question. Uh, uh, But I will say that, um, uh, you know, uh, Vegas uh, over-unders for for total team wins is something that you can look at. Because, uh, you know, to 
to boil it down to like the roughest formula is you want a kicker on a good team because mm-hmm. then that kicker is going to benefit from positive game script. You know, that, that, that kicker is not going to be attached to an offense that's scrambling, trying to come back, foregoing field goal attempts and so on. So, uh, so you looking for a kicker on a good team now, uh, uh, beyond that, um, you know, you might want to like last last year. I looked at uh, Vegas odds for which quarterback was going to lead the league in passing yardage. Um, so if any if anybody pops up uh, in that in that top five or top ten, um, and you might want to go ahead and scoop up the kicker that that quarterback is attached to. Yeah, I like listening to all of this because it makes me realize. One of the things that I'm always trying to do as a fantasy player is find things that I can look into areas that I can do my homework that others can. I think you're bringing up good points, you know, though it might feel like a position that you just kind of chalk up to Mm -hmm. luck. That's not really how fantasy football works. And there are things that you can do to identify guys that at least at the very least have the potential to uh, set themselves apart. And on a weekly basis, it seems like you started to develop a formula for that. So everybody make sure that you check out Denny's work once the season starts. Having said all that, do you have any favorites for the 2018 season guys that you're going to be looking to acquire in drafts, maybe guys that you could rely on last year um, now that you're familiar with these kickers? Sure. Uh, yeah. And just what you were getting back, uh, getting back to what you're saying, there's a process for everything in this game. Yep. And, I, and I think that you can also have a process for kickers as, as nerdy as that sounds. But, um, <laughs> so I'm in, in, in this question about kickers for 2018, I'm, I'm going to sort of discount, you know, the Zerlines, the Tuckers, the Matt Bryans, the Steven Gostowski's, because those guys are going, um, well before other kickers, uh, and and they're more likely in in less savvy leagues to go in some ludicrous round like like the eighth or the tenth round or something. Right. So I'm just gonna ignore those guys for now because um, if you're playing it right, you're probably not gonna end up with any of those guys. So um, like, like I talked about before, you know, kickers on teams that should be good, that should move the ball, that should see a lot of positive game script. You end up with guys like Chris Boswell in Pittsburgh. You end up with uh, Kai Forbath, I think, is is a great, as far, as far as that process goes, is a great pick in Minnesota. Uh, Harrison Butker, um, if uh, unless there's some Harrison Butker truther who loved him last season and goes out on a limb and takes him to the 10th, <laughs> forget about it. Uh, but if he's still there in the 15th, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and then one guy uh, who has flown under the radar because his team has stunk for, for a couple of years is Adam Venateri. Okay. Um, you know, he's, he's spry at the age of 69 years old <laughs> and, um, he's, uh, but he sticks out as a sensible pick, um, because, uh, with Andrew Luck, you know, at, at the head of that offense. And, you know, we think that he might be able to play if the NFL converts to high school footballs. Um, <laughs> Uh, but uh, if if luck is playing this year, so th- this is what this means for Vinatieri. Vinatieri in 2014 was the third highest scoring kicker in fantasy. In 2013, he was uh, the fifth highest scoring kicker, and in 2012, he was the seventh highest scoring kicker, all with with Andrew Luck at the helm. So um, he uh, jumps out to me as a guy who's you know why not why not take him in the last round? I like that. That is. A name that I actually haven't thought about in a while, and it's it's funny that uh, now to put things in perspective for myself, that he and Frank Gore at one point in time were on the same squad, so they collectively <laughs> probably had a couple of grandchildren on that team. It, it, they could, they definitely could. I mean, Vinatieri has been playing since 
I believe the first George Bush administration. Oh my god! Yeah, that's that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm talking about I'm talking about George H W. George. Oh wait, is that true? No, that can't be. Is it? I think it was ninety two. Oh my gosh, that's nuts! So they must have had a lot of uh, depends uh, in the uh, equipment room <laughs> in Indianapolis, huh? Yeah. I guess so. All right. Well, moving along. So Matt and I are looking for bold predictions for the 2018 season. We've been requesting that people call in with their bold predictions to nine seven eight nine two five seven six two eight. We have a guest on now that's known for his flaming hot takes. Denny, what can you give us as a bold prediction for the 2018 season? This is this is a little bit hard because I'm gonna try to stay in the realm of of reason. Okay, you know, okay. You know, so I'm not. I I can't say you know Jared Cook tight end one, um, you know, because that's just um, you know, then you would just hang up on me here. But um, <laughs> so my my bold, somewhat reasonable prediction is that Jordy Nelson leads the Raiders in targets by a considerable margin and ends up as a top ten fantasy wide receiver. Oh wow. He's being drafted as a wide receiver 35 right now. Wow. I like that. That is that is quite the bold take. So do you think that that's a function of how the team is going to use uh, Nelson as opposed to Cooper? Or do you think that it, it, you know, Nelson still has it in the tank? He's still got some miles left. I mean, I guess this scenario would require him to have something in the tank. You're right. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that, uh, you know, he... It strikes me as someone who could be a beneficiary of bad game script that requires a lot of throwing on a bad team, uh, and um, and and you know so, someone who can be um, peppered with targets the way that Michael Crabtree has been uh, there for some time, and Jordy scores touchdowns. Uh, you know, so yeah. that, I guess a lot of things would have to go right, but I I don't I don't hate him there. Well, actually, you know, as you talk about that, it does make a little bit of sense because we have seen Crabtree have great success mm-hmm. in the red zone with high touchdown numbers in his time in Oakland. So we, we know that Nelson has that ability. So I actually think that uh, you're making me feel like I need to reconsider <laughs> that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I want to tell you about our friends at the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. The fantasy draft season is heating up in the FFPC, has a format to suit your interest and budget. Whether you like best ball, or super flex, or classic managed leagues, there are drafts daily with entry fees starting just $35. Jump into a slow or live draft today. If you like Dynasty, the FFPC has almost 200 active Dynasty leagues with entry fees starting at $77 and going up to 2500 and here's something incredible not a single dynasty league has folded in eight years new dynasty leagues are forming right now with startup drafts launching on a regular basis don't miss the ffpc experience go to myffpc.com and register now that's myffpc.com myffpc.com the home of season-long high stakes fantasy football and denny that's how you do a live read right there which i have to say this because one of the funniest things of all time was for those of you that don't know i have advertised my draft tools on living the stream before and i remember somebody sending you a tweet that said denny what's the name of the draft software that you butcher the ad for every week 
<laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I, I struggle with live reads. I get flustered. I get flustered. You, you're not flustered at all. I, I admire that. I think that's that's fantastic. I, I write down, you know, what I'm going to say, and then you know what happens? I go off script, and then I can't I can't come back. I, I've str- I find myself struggling. Once I go off the teleprompter, I'm I'm just out of my mind completely. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Well, you know, I think that's part of what makes it so great when you're doing the reads. And and that you know, is there anything more on brand than that? <laughs> and you know, we actually set up the, the, the Patreon account for Living the Stream uh with the um with the note at the top. Um if you wanna stop Denny's live reads during the show, <laughs> contribute <laughs> contribute a dollar to our Patreon account. And people oh. people were very generous because they can't they can't deal with my my reads anymore i have to say before we go on uh a michael i'm sorry a uh amari cooper truther just knocked over my mailbox uh, as as we were recording so i i want to apologize for the to the cooper truthers oh wow okay um so any major takeaways from 2017 to bring us back into uh into focus here you know anything maybe that you're going to be looking to implement in 2018 or things that you did last season that you want to avoid uh well uh the the one thing that jumps out to me is that a a focus I want to say a laser focus to use a trite term okay. on on opportunity um is something that uh, I I I would like to let that roll my uh my strategy my season long strategy a little more than it has in in uh in recent seasons and what I mean by that is um not getting enamored with a player's ability, uh, um, and, and you know whether it's in the preseason or training camp reports or whatever you or just your personal opinion of the player, um, but more focused on what sort of opportunity, how many targets will he see, how many how many touches, how many carries will he see, right? And and so it doesn't really matter what I think of him; it matters what his team thinks of him and how he will be deployed uh, uh, by a team. So focusing on a player's opportunity, I think, is something that I could do a little bit better. And, you know, maybe maybe everybody could to an extent. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing, especially for those of us at Rotoviz to remember. We spend so much time looking at the numbers, trying to figure out who the better athletes are, looking at what players did in college and what that means for their prospects going forward. But you do reach a point where these guys are in the league and you have to reassess and, and look at how their teams are using them and what they think about them. For example, Aaron Jones, to me, is the much more athletic player than Jamal Williams. I think he was more successful, but we have seen that the Packers seem to like Williams. And that's one of those where if we start to see more signal that the team likes Williams, regardless of how good I think Aaron Jones might be, or if I think he's more uh, inclined to be successful, if the Packers don't think that, you know, does I have to pay attention to that. I Just because he has the talent doesn't mean that he's going to get the role. That's a that's a great example of that, and I think sometimes we have to accept that boring players have value in 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 fantasy, and exciting players sometimes are traps in that regard. And um, so, it it in a way, it doesn't matter what you think of a guy's ability; it matters what his team thinks of his ability. Yeah, that's very true. So. We have a number of different receivers in new situations this year. Some of the notable ones, we have Brandon Cooks replacing Sammy Watkins, who goes over to the Chiefs. We have Mike Wallace, who I remember a couple seasons back, I heard you on some pods, who you liked. This year, he's on the Eagles. Any names standing out there about guys in a new situation that you're feeling good about? 
I guess I have to say Jordy Nelson, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that would be true, yeah. Uh, I um, I haven't read up too much on, on John Brown's health. Yep. But I'm intrigued uh, by by the potential there. I mean, he has been productive when he's been on the field, and that Ravens team could be a, a, a flaming pile of trash, and that's good for for a receiver as far as potential volume goes. So, yeah, and you can get Brown really late. I, I I like him. All right, yeah, I think that's one of those kind of under the radar type of names too, compared to some of these other guys. He's a player that uh, definitely has the speed. In Arizona, we were always hoping he could really make the push and break out. And just when it looked like he was going to do it, mm-hmm. uh, had some health concerns. So though he might not be the most hyped up name right now, I think, you know, he's one of those guys you might be able to get in the middle of the rounds. And if things work out, he could be huge. So I like it. Um, Denny, I got to ask, are, are you a golf mm-hmm. fan? I know that you do golf. <laughs> I do. Uh, uh, well, I used to be a full on golf obsessive. I used to play when I, when I was a kid, I, uh, when I ki- kid, I mean in my uh, late teens and twenties, I played five days a week. Why wow. I, I worked at a golf course. To, uh, you know, as an old thirty-four year old dad, I I now play four times a year. But I, I do love <laughs> golf. <laughs> wow! All right, I didn't know that you had been. Were you good? Um, I, I'm okay. So my handicap at its best was was six. Okay, I had a handicap of six, and the best score I ever shot poetically was 69 so i no way no way really it happened one time it was two under it was two under at the course i played every day wow i just got some putts rolling and things were happening and i freaked out and i got i i I had a very nice score by the end oh wow nice nice so who would win in a round of golf you or jj um, I would like to think that I could beat the pants off of JJ, but <laughs> if if he beat me, I would I would accept it. You know, while crying in a bathroom stall, I would accept it. Okay, so I, I ask this because there's been a lot of outrage, and as we know, there's a lot of outrage in general in our society right now. Yeah. But this is outrage directed at Phil Mickelson. For those of you who don't know, he was putting on a hole on which he was really struggling. I believe it was the 13th in the US Open this weekend. Hits an errant shot, and then I guess before the ball had finished rolling, hit it again. I didn't see it, but there's a big hoopla. What does Denny Carter make of this? This is this is egregious. This is the definition of egregious, and it's the equivalent, uh, uh, in my humble opinion, of when my two-year-old throws a temper tantrum after uh, not getting that second cookie, okay? I mean, th- this is, uh, like I said on Twitter, it would have been less uh, egregious, less uh, uh, and less violation in, 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 uh, of golf etiquette if he had just dropped trowel and defecated <laughs> on the putting ball, okay? So, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, Wow. That that would have been less rude as far as golf goes. That is, it's beyond the pale that that a, that a professional golfer would go ahead and 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 hit a rolling ball because he's having a tantrum because because he also here's something that's missing from the equation. He his putt that he hit bef- before he went and threw his tam- temper tantrum was a terrible putt. It was an awful putt. You can't blame anybody for that. Yes, that course was tricked out, whatever, but. It was a, it was an awful putt, and he needed to let that ball roll fifty feet and four putt from there or whatever. It was terrible. Oh, so the, the shot actually was going to be that bad, so it actually did make a difference. 
It was going to roll forever. Okay, yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, because he crushed it. He crushed the ball. But that's and and so of course on those lightning fast greens, of course that's going. And he knew that. He knew that. And I guess he just was done. Uh, you know. So uh, did anyone get hurt? No. But my feelings were hurt, and that's important. <laughs> okay. So the outrage is justified. Wow. This is um. This, this is interesting. I didn't know what to expect when I asked you this, but I, I, I guess, uh, you know, there is some sanctimony uh, in Denny Carter. So, oh, yeah. Oh, there's so, so and I'm, I'm outraged about everything. You know this. And yeah, and, that's uh, right. Uh, so, I mean, it reminded me of, you know, uh, my miniature golf breakdown in the um, summer of 1998. Uh <laughs> I was playing. A, I was playing an alien-themed uh, uh, mini golf course in Ocean City, Maryland. I think I scored like an eight on a hole, and um, I did exactly what what Mickelson did, and and I was penalized accordingly. So you know, it goes like that. Wow. All right. Well, that is that is quite the take, and that's why you have somebody on like now, like Denny. Now, Denny, I actually didn't know how quickly we were going to get through this. We have about eight minutes. I said yeah. I would take thirty minutes of your time. Are you okay with me just rapid firing questions, football related or not football related? I am. I'm. I'm all for that. Oh, this is just fantastic. Okay, flossing. Uh, are you still flossing twice a day? There's reports coming out. Uh, I, I know you've talked about this before that you might not need to floss. Are you still flossing? We want to know the the state of your oral health. Yeah. Um, uh, well, the Associated Press broke the story two years ago that there is uh, there are no studies that show that that flossing daily flossing is required or helpful in maintaining dental health uh saying that i i like to have um i don't like to have stuff in my teeth so i have given in to big floss and i floss i floss once a day wow have you seen the flossing dance that the kids are doing these days i I, I have I have seen that I, I I assume that that is paid for by Big Floss. Is that am I? <laughs> I I mean I can only imagine that you're that you're right on point there. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a great little propaganda tool for Big Floss. I have to give it to them. Oh wow! So if, for listeners out there, as you can probably tell, I've been a living the stream listener for a long time. So I've been I've been looking forward to getting Denny on my podcast. Uh, but if you're not familiar with Denny, which I don't know how that's even possible at this point, if you're a fantasy football enthusiast, if you check out the show, in addition to this terrific banter, you get a lot of really really solid football content. And Denny, since we have a couple minutes, why don't you talk a little bit about Draft Day Consultants, the site that you've been running now for how long? Yeah, uh, since 2014. Um, so it's been it's been a little while. And yes, I would love to uh, tell the people about it. It's draftdayconsultants.com. Uh, Dave, as, uh, as as you know, you are a consultant. That is correct. Um, and, and you do great work there. Uh, so clients come to us and um, they can uh, sign up for a range of services, including pre-draft consultation in which you connect with a consultant like Dave or, or, or like myself or we have a, a range of others. Uh, um, you can check it out on our site. And we talk to you about your upcoming draft, what your league is like, your league mates, your league settings, um, what kind of team you want, uh, what who what players you're targeting, uh, when to, when you might want to take you know the certain position, quarterback, tight end, whatever it may be. And so that's pre-draft. In-draft con- consultation is we basically sit by your side as you draft your team, and we offer our input. You know, it's your... It's your team, but we we say this is what I would do in this circumstance. I would take this running back or this receiver, uh, or however the draft is going, and um, uh, we also draft for you if that's if that's your preference. Um, and that some people say I'm I don't I I'm not going to be able to make it that day. I have a wedding or whatever. 
can you please draft for me? And that helps you avoid the auto draft nightmare. Uh, as as we all know, that happens. And then we have season-long consultation where you work with a consultant um, throughout the NFL season to um, consider trades and waiver wire moves and sort of keep your team in, in tip-top shape. Uh, that's one of our more popular services. So uh, if you want to check us out, it's draftdayconsultants.com. Yeah, and, and it, it's really fun. So last year, um, I have to say, I had a lot of fun doing the season-long uh, yeah. consultation with a client, like uh, having somebody to go back and forth with on your team, and like you know that you're pull- somebody that you're pulling for a team with. It was really fun. So definitely uh, check that out. Uh, obviously, we'll try to do our uh, our best that you can. I know for me, these teams, I'm viewing them as if they're my own, and I'm sure all the other uh, consultants yeah. are as well. So isn't, isn't it funny? Isn't it funny how that happens? Like I. I end up rooting as hard for the guys on the team I'm consulting for as my own guys. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, because you feel this level of responsibility, right? So yeah, it's like it's sure. you feel the weight on your shoulders, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it definitely it definitely was a lot of fun. Uh, now, Denny, that made me think of, of another question I would like to ask you here as, as my time with you is winding down. Do you have a favorite fantasy football format? Yeah. Um, you mean as far as like roster construction? Or, or I mean, like you know, like um, do you like dynasty redraft best oh. ball? And then you know, what settings do you gotcha. like too? Gotcha. I well, best ball has grown on me a lot o- over the years. Um, uh, I don't think it's my favorite. I think just just regular old redraft is still is still my favorite me too, me format. Too. Um, yep. dynasty was you know I had to say before kids, dynasty was growing on me. And then after kids, I was just like, uh, like, wow, I don't, I don't have uh, all the time in the world to to uh, scan dynasty news and trades and this and that. I, it's just a time consuming thing. So for me, like my the way my personality works, if I can't be all in in something mm-hmm. on something, then I'm just going to be all out. And um, so that's the way dynasty has gone for me. I'm not. There's nothing against the format. I, I like it a lot, but redraft is where it's at for me. Gotcha. So my final question will be will be this for you. For redraft this year, I know historically you've been on board with a lot of the Rotoviz people, big fan of the wide receivers, uh, advocating zero running back. I won't make you answer that question, but are you going to be looking more heavily at running backs this year, given the quote unquote running back renaissance that we're witnessing? Well, I think that the running back renaissance has opened up an avenue for for zero wide receiver, I'm sorry, <laughs> for zero, don't do that for zero running back, yeah. for zero RB, like we haven't seen in previous years. Uh, if you look at the number of running backs who are going in the first two or three rounds, we're talking about an entirely new opportunity for people who might want to go heavy on, on wide receiver. Uh, it's amazing who you can get in the first three rounds if you go wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver. Um, uh, uh, but I do think one well, there's one thing that that is often mis- misunderstood about uh, zero running back is that um, it doesn't apply to all leagues. Like right. if you have if you have two running back spots and two wide receiver spots and no flex in a league and a standard scoring, say you're not going zero RB. There's no reason to do that. Okay, there's no reason to start off the draft with five wide receivers in that format. So. I think we have to be aware of the spots we're going to have to fill. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. I think that's one of those things I want to start focusing more and honing in on um, in upcoming podcasts. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely not something for every format, which is something that I think a lot of the analysts out there lost sight of. And when you're taking a structural approach like that, it's really to find these areas or these avenues, as you said, where you can uh, position your team to have better odds for success than you might have otherwise. Uh, but we're going to talk about a lot of stuff like that. Going forward, my final question for you. Since I was a young lad, I have dipped chicken in French dressing. I love it. My wife <laughs> thinks it's disgusting and uh, can't believe that I do that. What, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that as a man with very, uh, you know, um, pointed food takes? Yeah. Uh, well, I can't believe you just admitted that on air. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm wondering if you're just going to delete that part, but, uh, it is your, your, your wife is right. I'm, I'm shocked that she has not left over this, uh, over this, this, this food, uh, debacle that, that, that you've fallen into. Um, I don't understand it. And, uh, but you know, if, if you like it, I guess you can, you can do that alone. You know, you can go by yourself and, and eat chicken with your <laughs> dressing. <laughs> hey man, if you saw some of my, my food takes or the concoctions I put together, I, I'm, about 99% sure that you would vomit at some of the things that I do. I will, yeah. I, I like to have dressings on everything. So I'm talking, I'll put ranch on like pretty much anything. Get a bunch of stuff, mix it in a bowl with some ranch and you're good to go. Oh, wait, did you say ranch or French? I said French in the original question, but I'm also including, I love all things dressing. You give me ranch dressing, I'm happy no matter what it is. Well, French dressing is basically what's on a Big Mac, right? No, that's Thousand Island, I believe. Oh, Thousand Island. Right. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, you are. It sounds like you're a salad dressing uh, a propagandist who works for the salad dressing um, industry, and you know, and you know, more power to you. Oh, all right. Well, I, I appreciate that. I'm going to continue that. And hey, thanks again, uh, Denny Carter, for coming on. The people can find you at CD Carter Thirteen, I believe. That's right. Oh, wow. All right. So check out Denny on there. Uh, make sure you check out the Living the Stream podcast, draftdayconsultants.com, anywhere else where people can find you. Obviously, you know, we said Twitter, but... Uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, lineups.com uh, during the season for the kicker takes. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, hey, thanks, Denny. Uh, we appreciate it. And we'll hopefully get you uh, back on soon. Okay, thanks. Okay, so that was Denny Carter of Living the Stream. Quite a guy, uh, as fun of an interview or uh, as a co-host as I was hoping. Um, before we close this out, shorter episode tonight uh, without Matt, I do want to just mention that we recently put out on the site, published it's live now. There's a Dynasty ADP app uh, by Jim Clowett, uh, is the is the Rotovision that made it. It's really awesome stuff. We also have another uh, Best Ball ADP app that Anthony Shook worked on. Those are both up on the site. We have more apps on the way. I have finished my suite of Excel tools where we're going to have a research tool to help you with all your preseason research and preparation. Uh, there's a draft tool that's going to allow you to do mock drafts uh, and will assist you in organizing your drafts while you're going through. And I also finished what I would say is the equivalent of the projection machine from years past in an Excel format uh, in a way that I kind of liked to uh, be able to work on my projections as, a, as a somebody that uses Excel a lot, uh, try to make it user-friendly. And it's going to be just another way that you can get ready for the coming season. But Having said all that, and this is coming from somebody that just spent hours and hours and hours putting together a projection-based tool, what I want to say is 
we in the coming months are going to hear so much about projections. You're going to hear all kinds of different um, numbers for projections. You're going to read a lot of articles that have projections. You're going to look at tools that have projections built in. And there's definitely a place for projections in fantasy football. As far as having data for a coming season goes, projections might be one of the best data sources that you have in your arsenal. But I think that projections are meaningful and useful when you use them to build a range of outcomes or assess the situation that a player could be looking at in a good scenario, in a bad scenario, in a mid-case scenario. Because often what will happen, and this is probably something that would be more of a trap for beginner players, but as experienced players, if we forget it, it can be it can be a problem. Projections are just estimates. They're based on a lot of inputs, a lot of variables, where if you change a couple of those variables up or down, you could have a pretty substantially different projection. So maybe you're looking at a running back like Leonard Fournette and a running back like Kareem Hunt in somebody's projections. You don't know in those projections if they're going for a best case scenario or worst case scenario. Maybe they feel good about Hunt, so they project him at his ceiling. They're not too sure about Jacksonville in the running game this year, hypothetically, and they do Fournette more at a mid-case scenario. There's a lot of murkiness that you can have in there if you don't know how they're put together. Because at the end of the day, they're estimates, educated guesses, lots of times put together through very good processes with a lot of research, but we just don't know. So as you start reading about these projections, maybe you're using the tools that we have on Rotoviz and you're putting them together. Remember, at the end of the day, these are just guesses. Explore the ranges of outcomes. See where players fall in this distribution of their outcomes and use that to proceed forward other than just looking at projections, viewing them as gospel and blindly going off of them. I think that's something that I really, really want to stress. So if you're using the tool, play with target shares. See what happens if a player is getting 21% or maybe if he's a wide receiver too, if he can steal a little bit of a market share from that wide receiver one, what's it mean if he gets 3% more or what if you're over projecting him and the wide receiver three is better than expected and that wide receiver two falls down two and a half percent. Look at stuff like that. Efficiency is a big input too into projections. Um, so lots of times you might want to carry forward a player's efficiency from last season, but you can't do that because in many cases, efficiency isn't sticky. So that's going to have an impact on that projection. Uh, there's just a lot of, lot of variables. So I just wanted to bring that up. Um, as you'll start seeing things that involve projections. Remember, they're just guesses. I've spent a whole lot of time putting projections together, doing them year in and year out. And I've really found that the usefulness comes from getting an idea of the variables that could impact a player. Uh, you know, there's other things going on too that you have to consider. If a team is running a lot of plays in comparison to what they've run in the past, that could be good for a lot of players on the team. But if you're looking at a running back and his attempts are shrinking or that team is operating at a slow pace and you can't expect a lot of carries, that's a problem. This is one of those things we saw going back a couple of seasons, which was a major knock on Todd Gurley. The down season that he had, I believe it was 2016. You could kind of see it coming in a Jeff Fisher offense, because that team was not running a lot of plays, which would make it very hard for a running back 
in that offense to accrue the production needed to be a top six type of running back, which is what many were expecting from Todd Gurley that season. You change things around. He's still a very talented player. Give him different type of opportunity, more plays. You're going to see those numbers shoot up. Now, in the case of Gurley, it wasn't actually the number of plays that season that depressed him. I just remember, I recall that as a good example of what I'm talking about here. So at the end of the day, you want to explore a player's range of outcomes with projections. Make sure that you don't get too married to them and make sure that if you see a difference of 25 points in a set of projections, realize that that might not mean that these players are wildly different options. I think there was one more point I wanted to make here, but it escapes me right now. I'm kind of doing this off of the cuff. We had to pull this together at the last minute, this pod. So again, huge thanks to Denny for coming on. Um, make sure that you get us in those bold predictions. Again, the number for that is 978-925-7628. We've had a couple come in. I'd like to get some more. Uh, so please shoot them our way and eventually we'll get that episode up. But anyways, this has been Rotoviz Radio. Radio. Hopefully, we'll get Friedman back next week. I'm Dave Cabin. You can follow me on Twitter at Dave Cabin FF. My co-host was Denny Carter, who you can follow at CD Carter 13. Again, call in to 978-925-7628 and tell us your bold predictions. This has been Rotoviz Radio. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a review and be sure to tune in next week. And to steal a page out of the Friedman podcast book, remember, it's not a fantasy if you believe it. Thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. Please rate, review, and contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio and support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the listener homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Geico presents, yikes, another voicemail from your roommate. Sup, roomie? Hey, a pipe burst in the basement. It's completely flooded. Anyway, I called for someone to fix it, but in the meantime, I was thinking we could finally have that indoor pool party we've always wanted. I got some cool swan floaty things already going. Could you pick up some chips on your way home? Later. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit Geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. This September at local area Subway restaurants, your meal purchase will help our neighbors in need. Purchase a sub drink and chips and help us donate 200,000 meals to local Feeding America food banks. Subway meal includes any sub salad or wrap with any drink and chips or two cookies. For every two meals purchased through September 30th, participating Subway restaurants will donate one meal up to 200,000 meals to San Francisco and East North South Bay Area food banks. One meal is the monetary equivalent of 10 cents. Meals secured by Feeding America on behalf of local member food banks. So pick up a great meal and make a difference in the community. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.